Today is the 16th of March, 2023. We come together to set our hearts on the practice of Dhamma, to cultivate the mind, to make samadhi firmly established, this quality of collectedness, of peace of mind. We have virtue, sila, restraint of body and speech, And in our speech, we don't hurt or harm others. We don't look down on others with our speech. This quality of speech is important to have right speech. We see that in the the world, in society, we need to have restraint. Because this quality of quarreling leads to a great amount of harm and loss. And so we have the meditation object in our minds all the time. We cultivate loving-kindness, Brahma-vihara, the divine abiding of metta, practice compassion, helping others. This quality of mudita, appreciative joy, can be difficult to do. The quality of feeling happy at the good fortune and happiness of others. Like a mother and father, they feel happy when their child gets good fortune, gets happiness, like studying and passing the test, or getting first place or second place in an exam, and the parents can feel appreciative joy. We can feel appreciative joy with those that we love, like friends or family, We feel happy for them because there's this sense of self. There's this sense of my mother, my father, my friends, my family. So since we have this sense of self already, we use that sense of self to build goodness. If the mind's not peaceful, then it's hard to cultivate appreciative joy, hard to do mudita. And for those that we dislike, then we can't do mudita at all. So we need to practice and train. We practice saying satu anamodana, rejoicing with others. And we wish that may they not be separated from that which they love. May they not be separated from the wealth they've gained, or from the high position they have. And then if they do separate from the things that they love, then we practice equanimity, upeka, not to make things worse for them, not to add to their suffering. And so to bring the mind to peace and samadhi, we need to train and practice. If we don't train, then we're not able to bring the mind to samadhi. And we see that training is necessary for all beings, like for a horse or oxen or elephant. If they're trained, then they're able to work, for instance, working on a farm. And so people that are good train their minds and practice bhavana. Or like a dog, if it's trained, can be taught to seek out drugs, to sniff out drugs. Dogs can also be trained to 
do search and rescue in cold places. People stuck in the cold, the dogs can help them. So this all requires training. We see that the Buddha taught that the well-trained mind brings happiness. Chittang tantang sukhavahang. The well-trained mind brings happiness. And so therefore we see that we receive suffering because we don't train our minds, or our minds haven't been trained. So therefore we come to train our minds, to restrain the mind, to restrain the behavior of body and speech, to be within sila, to train in mindfulness, to make mindfulness firm, to train in goodness, to bring goodness to its fulfillment, to abandon evil and to do good, just like the Buddha taught on Magga Puja, to do goodness of all types. And sometimes we lack motivation in the abandonment of evil and the doing of goodness. But then we think to the example of the fully self-awakened Buddha. Before the Buddha received his certain prophecy of Buddhahood, he built parami and aspired for Buddhahood for 16 incalculable ages and 100,000 eons. This is an incredibly long time. Then after receiving a short prophecy of Buddhahood, the Buddha then built Parami for another four incalculable ages and a hundred thousand eons. And this is for a wisdom type Buddha, which is our Buddha. But for a faith type Buddha, after they receive a prophecy, then they build Parami for another eight incalculable ages and a hundred thousand eons. So we recollect this and we see that for the Buddha to succeed and attain to Buddhahood required a great amount of time and energy, a great amount of giving and sacrifice. So then we practice and train and pay homage to the Buddha throughout our entire life. We chant in praise of the qualities of the Buddha in the morning, in the evening. We don't miss out on that. We do our duty, whether we're a female lay disciple, male lay disciple, a novice or monastic. We do this fully and completely. We set our hearts to give everything we have, to strive with faith in order to realize the Dhamma that the Buddha taught. And to meet with the Dhamma of the Buddha is something very hard to meet with. But for all of us, we've met with it already in this lifetime. So therefore we should strive in our practice like this. And if we do this, if we follow the practice, follow the teachings, then in this life we will be able to see the Dhamma. If we have this kind of attitude, we'll be able to see it to strive without ceasing towards our goal, to strive and sacrifice and have effort, to have right effort, to not fall into the paths of sensual indulgence or self-mortification, but to follow the middle way, the middle path, to practice right livelihood. And we do this practice all the time and doing this, we will be able to see the Dhamma. We practice the right method.
Venerable Ajahn Chah made the comparison that it's like caring for a tree. So we may plant a tree and the tree is small and we may feel that it's not growing. So after three, four or five days we pull it out to take a look at the roots and to see if the roots are growing. And if we keep pulling the tree out like this, then the tree will die. It's just like our meditation object, our kamatana. We should have firm belief that our kamatana, our firm belief in our kamatana, that it's a method to bring the mind to peace and samadhi, whether it's recollecting bhutto, dhammo, sangho, the practice of loving-kindness, having mindfulness over the mind to reduce thinking and reduce proliferation to give rise to samadhi. And when samadhi arises, we see that we're practicing the right way. This brings an end to our doubts. We bring the mind to samadhi for the sake of wisdom. And so if we have a small tree, then we give it water, fertilizer, protect it from insects. We give it just the right amount of sunshine, not too much, not too little. Give it shade if needed. Give it sufficient water if it's in a hot place. We care for that tree, and then that tree will grow. It will grow on its own. So in a meditation practice, we have mindfulness. We cultivate the five powers of faith, effort, mindfulness, samadhi, and wisdom. And then our practice grows bit by bit. The qualities of maga, of the path, grow gradually. And then when all the conditions are ready, then we're able to see the Dhamma. Just like when the tree has grown to a sufficient degree, then it gives out fruits. This is the experience of Dhamma arising. Because the nature of Dhamma, it's here already. Materiality and mentality are empty already. That's their nature already. But we don't see it. What we see is self, me and mine, you and yours. This is a mind that lacks wisdom, a mind that's lost. Lost in the sense of self like this. But if we cultivate the wisdom to see not-self, then suffering doesn't arise. In order to do this, we have to train. And we see that it's difficult to stop attachment and craving. Some people have a million dollars or five million dollars, and they still feel that it's not enough. This is the mind lost in views and conceit. Some people with a great amount of wealth, they have enough food and so on already, but they may want a very expensive bag. And they want that bag because of craving. But those that are poor, they have no interest in that bag. They just want to have food. And when they have enough food, they feel like that is enough in that moment just to have the four requisites. But we see that this quality of wanting, of craving, it's never enough. It doesn't stop. It, creeps, it keeps increasing gradually. 
that has no limit, no container to it, that just keeps increasing without bounds, without stopping. And so we see that there's no river like the river of craving. Nati, tanha, smanati. There's no river like the river of craving. So therefore we need to train in cultivating goodness and abandoning evil, cultivating the qualities of the path in order to see the truth. Having seen the truth, then the mind is empty. Our faith strengthens. Because we all want to have faith. We all want faith in goodness, faith in wholesomeness. But we don't have that because the causes aren't there yet. So therefore we need to train and practice to cultivate our parami, our spiritual virtues further. And then when the conditions are ready, the parami is ready, then we're able to see the Dhamma. This is a story that I speak about all the time, that in my practice as a layperson, I followed the five precepts, gave alms regularly, listened to Dhamma, meditated, and I had the sense of self in what I was doing, because I had that sense of self that I didn't want suffering a sense of self and the abandonment of evil and the doing of goodness. And there was one day, listening to the Dhamma of Lumpucha, the mind became very bright and luminous. The mind saw the Dhamma. It was a great miracle. And rapture, pity arose and completely filled the heart. I didn't feel hungry, didn't feel sleepy. There was a great amount of rapture all day and all night. And I never thought that in my life rapture would arise so strongly. This was when the mind changed its views. So everyone in the world, in their lives, wants wealth, wants pleasure, wants all the things in the world. But we see that these things, these material wealth and so on, they're not here constantly, they're not here forever. Because all lives end in death. There's no one who doesn't die. Even the fully self-awakened Buddha, with all his great spiritual virtues, entered into Parinibbana, and his body passed away. And all the great disciples with great psychic powers and great parami, also passed into Nibbana, and the great Krubhajans, the great meditation masters, like Lumpuman, who had over a hundred Arhant disciples, he also passed into Nibbana. So we see that all of our lives, we throw away everything at death. When the mind sees this clearly, that the experience of Dhamma arises in the mind, the mind becomes weary of this constant cycling through birth and death, birth and death. The cycle of samsara. One feels very disenchanted, wants to seek out the truth, to seek out the Dhamma, to seek out the meditation masters, like Venerable Ajahn Chah, and seeking out Nupu Chah, receiving his teachings, 
The mind's able to grow in wisdom, to grow in coolness and peace, the qualities of the path. And in the end, one is able to see the Dhamma. So may you all strive in this and have effort. May you walk this path, the path that in the end will give us the fruit of Dhamma, just like the tree gives fruit when it's reached the right stage of growth. But in the beginning, we have to patiently endure a lot, have a lot of effort first. So may you all set your hearts on this.